0: So hello, everybody, and and welcome to our next episode of Mobility Via Podcast, a KPMG tax radio podcast. Our Mobility Via Podcast series covers quite a range of mobility topics from remote work to international and and domestic business travel to global rewards, as well as mobility technology, just to to name a few. I'm Dave Mays. I'm a principal in our global mobility services practice. And I'm joined by Ann Darcy, who is also a principal in Global Mobility Services, as well as Evan Metter, a principal in our Human Capital Advisory Group. So we've, got, we've got a great discussion teed up for you today. And, and Evan, I'd, I'd love to start off with just uh, pitching a question to you, uh, which is, you know, where do you think we are to, now in, in the pandemic and, and how, are, how are organizations responding?
1: Thanks, Dave. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, I think we're in a bit of like a hiccup mode, right? I think everyone thought we'd be in a very different place. Uh, it's clear that Delta has interrupted that. It's been interesting to see where that new data and, and the new experience on the ground has actually changed the behaviors of organizations. So I've seen some behavior, some, some organizations saying, uh, look, we still do want to come back to fundamentals of return to office and et cetera are here, but it's delayed. But I've also seen this shake other organizations to say, this is something that we're going to expect to see over and over again in different forms. And maybe our, um, it was here now and it will be over and we'll get back to something that looks like normal. I've seen it kind of shake the foundations of some thinking in some organizations and thinking that, uh, oh, we're not going to get back to normal, right? We are going to be in a world with future interruptions and unexpected things and, Let's start preparing for that world versus trying to get back to something, right? That we were we were going to get back to. That's you know I don't have a crystal ball, but that's what I'm seeing across um, the organizations I'm serving.
0: Right, and so Anne, you know, in addition to the lens of uh, what organizations are looking at, how are tax authorities uh, responding to this, and again, you know, what are they starting to do?
2: So I think I look at this in two ways, right? And um, starting with kind of what is the compliance landscape, and then you know, really what are the expectations of the tax authorities in relation to what the employers are doing operationally, right? So starting at the U.S., right, so we have state-to-state compliance, withholding for the employer, filing additional tax returns for the employee. I think, you know, we've seen that that landscape is very, very complex. There's inconsistent rules between the states. Um, We saw last year that uh, some of the states tried to get the federal uh, authorities involved to try and opine on whether... um, Massachusetts' temporary telecommuting rule was constitutional. Um, A lot of people in New Hampshire were upset by that. Uh, Then we saw New York, who already had um, an existing telecommuting rule, really doubling down on that, even when employers said that employees couldn't come into New York to the office, New York still say, hey, that's our tax, we want it. You know, that's been the landscape last year. Then this year, we're kind of seeing states actually realizing, you know what, maybe getting remote workers into our state is a good thing. And we have a few states, um, I think Louisiana, West Virginia and Vermont, that are actually bringing in day thresholds to attract people into their state. So they'll spend money there and then they're saying you can come in for up to 30 days and we're not going to charge withholding for the employer um, or charge the um, employee any income tax. So that's a kind of an interesting uh, development um, as we look forward to the future. Uh, Then just looking internationally, um, you know, we've always had tax treaties which have helped us with these kind of short term assignments and now short term periods of uh, remote work abroad. I think what's different in relation to remote work is that corporate tax have got a bit more involved and a bit more concerned um, around the PE analysis, which, as we know, impacts the answer on the tax treaty. So that's been a development. I think uh, we had some relaxation of the rules. I think that's kind of run out now and everybody is looking to the future. And definitely that's an area taxing authorities will look at because they love to get the, the uh, revenue from the employer rather than uh, the employees. So they will be looking at um, permanent establishment positions taken by employers and then looking for payroll withholding where that would have been um, or that could be due in the future. And then just another tax, Social Security, um, I think you know the analysis there um, has started within the EU authorities. They love debating um, where the rules do and don't apply. So remote work is a new concept for them. So they're quite interested um, in you know whether they should actually even issue a certificate of coverage for a remote worker. So probably more to come on that. And I think there will be clarifications from the authorities over time. And then lastly, posted worker directive. Again, the word "posted" is in the title. Uh, whether remote workers are actually posted or not is um, going to depend on how companies actually operationalize their processes. But one thing I'll finish on, irrespective of, of, you know, any change in rules, it's clear, and I think it always has been to us in the tax world, that authorities do expect employers to know where their employees are working. Um, And I think if employers are not tracking that, the authorities are looking for how they can track it, Using data from other sources, so that's definitely kind of an important point to note you
0: know I think that that all you know um, it makes a lot of sense and so as organizations have started to become aware of those tax uh, in in broader risk issues that, that come with a, a more distributed workforce and a more flexible workforce, they're having to now pivot to address those those issues right and so uh, you know what? What we're seeing very often is is the, the the tried and true. You know, tackle this through a combination of, of, of process, uh, policy, and, and technology. Right. So so organizations are really starting to one make sure that they have the right policies in place to document the decisions and the guardrails that they they want to establish for uh, where people can work flexibly, for how long they can work there, uh, and 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 what. What activities they can perform in, in those other jurisdictions, and so uh, so very much HR departments are leading the charge here and in in putting those those policies together. Uh, but one of the critical things that we're seeing across organizations is that need to bring a a truly cross functional stakeholder group together to weigh in on those policies to make sure that uh, each of the the uh, lenses are, are being looked uh, through to, to to make sure that uh, all of the the issues are addressed. Putting some of the processes in place to to, to operationalize some of the downstream activities around payroll and, and some of the, the other compliance activities are, is, is also critical. And, and, and uh, as things go, uh, there aren't enough resources in, in-house to, to manage all of these processes. So, so a number of organizations are looking to implement some technology to track employees and, and to make some of those, those downstream processes uh, more efficient.
1: Hey, Dave, I said we didn't have a crystal ball, but in some ways we know these things are already going to be true. Like, one, people don't like commuting to sit at a cube, right? Two, now that the workforce has gotten a taste of the freedom of working where they can work and, and that part of the employee value proposition, and I don't need to tell anyone listening to this, that there are huge labor shortages, demands in terms of being there, we have a new source of uh, employee value proposition and expectation in terms of what what do you owe me? What do you have to allow me? And for the first time, I'm speaking to a lot of talent acquisition departments, and they're going, for the first time, we're not only negotiating around salary, but we're negotiating over flexibility, right, in terms of coming in. so I think we can clearly say at this point, we're not putting the toothpaste back in the tube, right? This is a behavior and an expectation. and. It's a burden administratively, back to your point, Anne, around, well, how do we keep track of where everyone is? Like if this is, if this is here to stay, how do we keep track of it? We're not set up for this. And, and, and what you were saying, uh, Dave, is, is true that the tool set today of submit the email or the spreadsheet or whatever and go get the – it's just not going to cut it. And, and that's where I think some of the most prepared organizations that we've been working with are looking at their service management tool set. And they're HRASs, and they're going, okay, hold on a second. We have the components here, right? And how do we use these platforms we've already invested in and bring to life something that is specific to this journey, right? The I want to work in. And as you were talking, I was thinking, I want to work in Vermont, you know, <laughs> go, go up to Vermont. It's a beautiful time to be in Vermont. Um, but, but that tool set, which exists, you know, good news, bad news, right? Uh, a lot of these organizations own the tool set. Uh, the bad news is there's some work they've got to do in order to get it to actually, you know, work this way and be compliant if they want to reduce the burden. But um, they're halfway there, right? Hey, uh, Dave, I thought we might at this point play um, a little a little podcast game. No, I, bring as, it. as a guest, I bring in a little podcast. I'm going to call this um, uh, Overrated Underrated. Uh, and I want to just ask the two of you, Dave and Anne, overrated, underrated on a number of subjects. Okay. And I'm going to, you're going to need to explain yourselves a little bit. Um, I'll start with this one. Video happy hours, overrated or underrated?
2: I think at the beginning, um, they were probably underrated, right? Very important to get people together. I think over time, um, when everybody been sitting on Teams and Zoom calls for eight hours, I think maybe people got a bit tired of them. <laughs> um, and maybe move them, Yeah, maybe move them to other times in the day. What do you say, okay, Dave, David? You know, I'm going to do, give you the next
1: one. I'm going to go with one my um, in-person training. Overrated or underrated?
0: Com- completely underrated. You know, I, I think the 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 impact of of being. With colleagues and, and learning through through that um, that osmosis that, that only comes when you're when you're sitting in a in a room together, I think is is magical. But of course, you know, the reality is we, we have to pivot. We have to you know be able to pivot to make that online learning more effective. And I know a lot of organizations are trying to do that. I don't know that anybody's really cracked the uh, cracked the nut as as well as it needs to be. But uh, I'm 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 all for in person training.
1: And here's a tough one: uh, overrated, underrated outdoor work setup
2: overrated and i live in an apartment in new york so probably not as easy for me I, there is a garden outside i could go down uh two floors to get to and um, but for me uh definitely overrated
1: i'm gonna it's actually open it up to you because i know you have
0: a different opinion right <laughs> for, for those of us that have been working in our windowless basements working outside <laughs> is so underrated <laughs>
1: All right, last one. I'm going to throw this in here. Um, I don't know if either of you have direct experience, but you, but you always have opinions, even if you don't. Um, over and underrated, uh, the COVID puppy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think?
0: My my two year old would uh, would love that COVID puppy, but I uh, I'm running I'm running for the hills on that one.
1: <laughs> so maybe it's appropriately rated, and you're just like uh, the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> um, as folks wrap up listening to this this podcast, um, what would it be a recommendation in terms of um, an email that, that they should write? Right, they they just finished up. We brought some things up up to the up to the fore. What email would you write after listening to this to check in with someone, to ask someone something, to recommend something? Um, what would you do immediately after listening to this? And I'll, I'll start with, uh, with, with you, Dave. You know, I think the, the first thing is just, just about every organization
0: has created some sort of a return to office committee or future of work committee, you know, and the the important thing is to make sure that you have your voice that's uh, been uh, able to weigh in, in into that those groups to make sure that the lens that you're looking at this through is, has been addressed. And so I'd say, you know, firing off that email to to the uh, project manager, the head of that committee to to uh, make sure that you're connected, that that your voice can be heard and, and that you're part of the, the solution for the long term.
1: Excellent. What do you think, And what's the email that
0: you
2: would write? Uh, I think I would um, appeal to the um, payroll people. Um, I think, you know, get very comfortable with what your payroll system is capable of right now. Um, Find out what's happening um, with the company. Are they planning any new releases around remote work, location tracking? I think what we've seen um, from a challenge point of view around payroll systems is, you know, you might be able to update uh, going forward It doesn't store, um, history. So when you get to your equity process, you may not have all the data to correctly, um, source equity. So I think, you know, just looking forward a bit, just be aware of all of these challenges that are ahead and get comfortable with where you are now and what gaps you need to fill.
0: Thank you Uh, so much, Anne.
1: I think mine, I think mine is probably, is just going on to, uh, VBRO and looking for a Vermont, like a, like a, like a blog cabin or something. And, but no, um, I would, I would think that getting to the folks who own um, the yeah, employee experience and saying, this is an expectation and this is, a, this is one of the journeys that we need to focus on, right? The allow me to have flexibility, allow me to work piece, because it's going to be part, as you said, Dave, part of the policy. And talk about we have investing in certain platforms, right? We have an HRS. We have a service management tool. How are we bringing that to bear to, one, deliver on the employee expectation in terms of, look, make this easy for me. You know why? Because I have options and other, other organizations make this easy, right? So that's number one. But also, to, to your point, on the back end, the operations side, make it easy for them, right? So use these tools to make the approvals easy with the conditional logic, the integrations back to, back to payroll. I think that this is what well, we know it's definitely achievable because we've been doing this. With other organizations, and I would I would write that email. I'd say, how do we how do we make it easy and, and to get the experience we want, and how do we operationalize this using the investments we've already made? Um, let's have a conversation. So um, I would do that, Evan. And thank you so much for the, those comments and, and the
0: feedback here. Great topic, and, and thank you to our listeners. Uh, please join us again next month for the the next installment of Mobility via podcast. In the meantime, please check out our previous podcast or connect with us directly via email at us-taxwatch at kpmg.com. Thanks so much for listening.